this is John. And this is Dan. And this is She's Not a Slut Yet. This is a podcast about three friends watching cult movies and drinking together. This week we will be reviewing Dan's pick, Star Wars, which was released in 1977. This is a list pick, so this is not something that is a non-list pick that we put in. Just as a heads up, because I don't think this is a cult classic. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to do the box office stats wow. this week because Dan is a huge Star Wars nerd. So he's going to do the interesting facts instead of me. <laughs> and he's yes, also he going to be doing the entire movie synopsis, aren't you, Dan? Oh, I am? I guess I'll try. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, cool. I can do the. I can do this. Actually, can I do the facts? Yeah, you can do the facts. Oh, yeah! Then I can sit back and listen to a beer while Dan's just mind-numbingly reading. Okay, go ahead. All right, so the budget for this movie was $11 uh, million. Uh, The opening night, they made $1,554,000. Domestically, they made $307 million. They didn't have anything that was worldwide at the time, so we don't have that. The movie, though, however, is definitely something that everyone knows now, for sure, and is obviously an amazing movie because it won 63 awards and yeah, had 29 nominations. Yeah, 63. <laughs> 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 like, I have never... We, it's just another run-of-the-mill movie, Dandy. Don't no bullshit podcast. me. I just thought I'd let you guys know. <laughs> um, so it also has 8.6 stars on IMDb, which I'm surprised it's that low. I want to be honest. And Rotten Tomatoes is a 92% with a fan uh, base of 96%. So, John, go ahead and take away the interesting facts. You got it, Nadine. So, some of the interesting facts about this movie is that the original title was Adventures of Luke Starkiller, which is a terrible name. Yeah. Um, as taken from the Journal of the Will, Saga 1, The Star Wars... <laughs> this was shortened to Star Wars, the subtitle, episode four, uh, A New Hope, was not added until 1981, after The Empire Strikes Back when it was re-released in theaters. Yep, yeah, it was just called Star Wars. Um, the term Wookiee, which I still believe is a very derogatory term, has an origin in George Lucas's first film, THX 1133, when actor Terry McGovern ad-libbed the line, I think I ran over Wookiee during a car chase scene. Another interesting fact, that cell block 1138 mentioned in the movie is actually an Easter egg in reference to Lucas's first film. The number, 2187, is the detention block Princess Leia was imprisoned in on the Death Star is also an Easter egg number. This in itself is a nod to 21-87, which is a National Film Board of Canada short that was Lucas's original influence for Star Wars. George Lucas also had final say when going through multiple iterations of what Chewbacca would look like. Um, the studio wanted a you know a bit more alien-looking creature with clothes, but you know Lucas was like, ha, nope, and one on a mostly naked, fluffy humanoid companion for Han, with a lot of inspiration from Lucas's dog, a 130-pound Alaskan Malamute which would frequently sit on the front of the passenger seat as George drove his car. And by the way, the dog's name is Indiana. I know that is a Nadine fact that she is loving. Okay, I didn't put that in, but I do love that. Nope, that was mine. That was yours? Yep. And, and I think it's fitting that I ended up with a, uh, a Siberian Husky. So, R2-D2 originally had dialogue that was very chastising towards his neurotic golden robot buddy, C-3PO, while well, the final character only made beeps, you know, a lot of the sass and independence remained intact. 
Kenny Baker, the actor inside of R2-D2, claimed he was sometimes forgotten inside the cylindrical robot costume. <laughs> okay, that's actually pretty funny. Harrison Ford was not originally considered for the role of Han Solo. Um, some notable actors in the running were Al Pacino, Kurt Russell, Burt Reynolds, and Sylvester Stallone, which I would l have loved to see a Sylvester Stallone in there. Ultimately, Ford got the part when he happened to be helping out with installing a door in the office the same day auditions were being held for Star Wars parts. He ended up reading the part of Han for the Luke audition, and Ford realized he fit the part perfectly. <laughs> so he got hired from a jan as a janitor. That's amazing. <laughs> this next one's going to get a kick, too. Peter May Mayhew's audition for... Um, is it Matthew or Mayhew? Mayhew. Uh, Peter Mayhew's audition for Chewbacca lasted 10 seconds. At 7 foot 2, all he needed to do was stand up and George offered the part. I'm seeing a pattern here with George Lucas and his selection of his crew. I don't know, man. He's got a janitor and a tall dude. Yeah. <laughs> when the film premiered, George Lucas was vacationing in Hawaii since he was sure the movie would fail. He decided to vacation with his friend Steven Spielberg, and while at the beach, the beach building a sandcastle, they came up with the ideas for Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm telling you, man, I'm seeing a pattern here. <laughs> George Lucas's directing style was not very descriptive with actors. Somewhat jokingly would say he gave two directions faster and more intense. The joke ran so far when George lost his voice during production, the cast created a switchboard with the two phrases. <laughs> I'm still seeing a pattern here. <laughs> Um, the large sand crawler in the Tunisian desert almost caused a conflict between neighboring Libya when it was mistaken for a military vehicle. The Tunisian government had to ask George to move the large vehicle further from the border. Good job, George Lucas, you almost created another war. George Lucas took a lower salary to help with the cost of the movie production. The trade-off he accepted was to receive full merchandising rights. You know, this was considered stupid at the time, since movies don't usually see a lot of success with selling toys and merchandise, since theatrical runs would need to be completed long before the toys and merch would hit the stores. And needless to say, Star Wars bucked this trend, and by the 1977 holiday season, Star Wars was everywhere. And this also changed how movies were marketed with merchandise. He's a freaking entrepreneur as well. Carrie Fisher's! Was not allowed to wear a, Carrie Fisher was not allowed to wear a bra underneath her costume. Questioning Lucas as to why, he responded with complete conviction. There is no underwear in space. She had her breast covered up with gaff tape instead. She often brought this up afterward, as well as other wardrobe decisions made by Lucas basically busting his balls. <laughs> James Earl Jones requested not to be credited with the voice of Darth Vader in its original release, as he feared he would be typecast as an up-and-cooking actor. Up-and-coming. <laughs> During a scene where the three heroes are trapped in the trash compactor, Mark Hamill breaks a blood vessel in his face from holding his breath. This can be seen in scenes throughout the remainder of the movie. You know, oh, sorry your, your face got popped a little bit, but deal with it, you're, you're recording. One of the classic movie bloopers in the film is when a stormtrooper bumps his head on the doorframe early in the movie. Rather than removing this in later reworkings in a special editions of the film, a sound effect is added, and I remember that. I remember that, it's so good. Some of the alien languages derive from real languages. Greedo actually speaks Quechua, a South American native languages, language, and Jawa speak Zulu sped up. 
The original theatrical cut of Star Wars is very difficult to find as the movie has been recut or remastered nine times between theatrical re-releases and releases on new mediums. The most significant changes were in the 1997 special editions, where Jabba the Hutt was added as well as more CGI creatures and effects. But didn't George Lucas have like a like a say in every single one of those um, re-releases and changes? Oh yeah, the the uh, the special editions in, in the nineties were like his cl- so. claims of what he actually really wanted to make. So, so you could basically say that that is yeah. a movie at its core, you know? Yeah, I, I think the latest version that was released on Disney Plus, like I think he didn't have as much say. So there's some differences in there that he did he wasn't in charge of. But so. Even though we're talking about the 1977 Star Wars in this, in reality, we're actually probably talking about the 1997 one. I would say we're doing both, the, ni- the 1997 and the Disney Plus, because if you're rewatching it and you're not a huge Star Wars fan, you may not pick up on those things that are different because Disney Plus is such an easier access. I, I tried I tried my hardest to watch the 95 version before the special editions, but uh, we couldn't find the... Uh... The coax cable to connect the uh you need a co you know what's bad when you need a coax cable <laughs> um i have to tell you dan before you get started on the synopsis um yes this is my third time watching this movie okay, okay. i i did rewatch it like uh, i think like six months ago as i did all of the uh or was it it was like six months to a year ago where i did all of the watch through right every single star wars movie in one sitting it was amazing um the the time I watched it before that, I had actually originally dropped this movie because it was boring, not, not not in a bad way. I just I just wasn't had my attention on it. So in reality, this is technically speaking my second time watching this movie, and the first time I watched this movie, I was drunk. So theoretically, this is my first time watching this movie, and I have to tell you, I had not watched it until I was twenty four. So yeah. it is a vi- I'm no, very. I remember, I remember. I remember when you first started watching them, and like you found out I was like a huge Star Wars fan, and we like geeked over it for like two months until the new one, came, the newest one came out. All right, Dan, go. Give me all the energy you got for the synopsis. Alrighty, so I'm gonna do my best at this, but here I go for the synopsis. The movie begins with moving dialogue describing the Rebel Force's first win against the Empire and the blueprints of a planet destroying weapon, the Death Star, the Rebels stole from the Empire. The scene then switches to a large spaceship pursuing a smaller spaceship over the over an orange planet. The scene then changes to show two droids talking to each other as the smaller spaceship gets boarded by the Empire. Two droids, R2-D2 and C-3PO, then see Princess Leia to receive a message for Obi-Wan before boarding an escape pod and escaping to the planet below. After the droids escape, Princess Leia is captured by Darth Vader for her suspected involvement with the Rebel Forces. Vader then finds out that the blueprints of for the Death Star were not on the ship with Leia and may have been sent to the planet below via the escape pod. The scene then cuts back to the droids in a giant desert, arguing over which way to go. The two split up and eventually uh, get captured by the Jawa. As the two droids are being transported for sale by the Jawa, the Empire has found their escape pod and begin following the tracks of both droids. The next day, the droids get sold to Luke Skywalker and his Uncle Owen. As Luke is cleaning the droids, he discovers part of a message from Princess Leia asking Obi-Wan Kenobi for help. Luke then says he knows an old Ben Kenobi and wonders if this is the same person. 
That night at dinner, Luke talks about it with his aunt and uncle, and uncle tells him to ignore the message and he can't apply for the Academy until next year. Luke then leaves for dinner angrily to keep working on the droids to find that R2-D2 has left to, to look for Obi. The next morning, Luke sets off with C-3PO in search of R2-D2. As they find R2-D2, they get attacked by Sand People, and Luke gets knocked out. Just as the Sand People are about to take Luke's cruiser, a loud noise scares him off and you see an older man approach Luke. When Luke wakes, he recognizes the older man as Ben Kenobi and finds out that he is in fact Obi-Wan. The two men and two droids then leave for Obi-Wan's before the Sand People come back. Once at Obi-Wan's, Luke puts C-3PO back together as Obi-Wan tells Luke his father was a Jedi and had fought against the Empire. Obi-Wan then gives Luke his father's lightsaber and plays the full message from Princess Leia, begging for Obi-Wan to bring the Death Star's blueprints to her father on Alderaan. Obi-Wan then asks Luke to come with him to help with the mission. Luke turns him down, but promises to take him to a town nearby. The scene then shifts to an Imperial war room where Grand Moff Tarkin addresses other Imperial officials with Darth Vader as they discuss what to do with the Rebels. Vader intimidates one of the lower officials before Tarkin steps in and enforces the goal is to wipe out the Rebellion. The scene shifts back to the desert planet as we see Luke and Kenobi find what is left of their transport. At first, Luke believes that they found what was the work of Sand People until Obi-Wan reveals it is likely that the Empire is tracking the whereabouts of a droid to gain back the blueprints. Luke then runs off to warn his aunt and uncle, but finds him dead. After finding his aunt and uncle, Luke goes back to Obi-Wan and tells him he will go with him to complete his mission. The group then goes to Moss Eisley Spaceport to find a pilot who will help them to Alderaan. At a bar there, Luke and Obi-Wan do manage to find a first mate, Chewbacca, and arrange a meeting with the captain, Han Solo. After negotiating a payment that would work for both parties, the two parties separate and promise to meet at the ship later that day. Just as Han Solo is going back to leave, he gets stopped by one of Jabba the Hutt's men, demanding Solo pay Jabba back. Solo then kills the man after unsuccessfully negotiating and leaves the bar. The scene then shifts to Vader and Tarkin discussing Leia's resistance to giving information on the Rebels. Hearing this, Tarkin decides to threaten Leia's home planet to get her to talk. The scene then shifts back to Luke and Obi-Wan selling the cruiser and heading to the Falcon, oblivious that they are being watched. As, as Luke's group heads to the Millennium Falcon, Han gets visited by Jabba about the money he owes him. After a little convincing and bribing, Han is able to get Jabba to agree to waiting longer for the money that Jabba and his men leave. Just after Jabba leaves, Luke and his friends get to the ship and are attacked by stormtroopers as they leave. The group manages to escape, but just barely. The scene then switches to Tarkin and Vader threatening to blow up Alderaan. Lake caves to the threat and tells Tarkin where the rebels are, are, but Tarkin blows up Alderaan. Anyway, to demonstrate the galaxy what happens to those who go against them. The scene shifts back to Luke and Obi-Wan, trading as they are arriving where Alderaan once was. Shocked at what they find, the group follows an Imperial fighter to what they think is first is a small moon, but ends up being in a giant space station, the Death Star. As the group tries to leave, the station pulls them in with the Imperial fighter. Despite being pulled by the station's tractor beam, they avoid capture by hiding in the floor panels and stealing the armor of two soldiers surveying the ship. Sorry, I'm, I'm uh... I'm gonna... Why are you giggling now? <laughs> Dan? Are you broken? Yeah. Alright, I got this, guys. So, after Vader leaves the stormtroopers to search the ship for clues, 
the group is able to get into a computer room to find a way to turn off the tractor beams so the Millennium Falcon can leave. Obi-Wan insists he has to be the one to do it and leaves the rest of the group behind. R2-D2 then finds out that Princess Leia is in the station and Luke convinces Han and Chewbacca to break her out as they wait for Obi-Wan to turn off the tractor beam. So, the group manage to sneak their way into the prisoner bay and rescue Leia, but not, unfortunately, without notice. As Luke and Leia are escaping the prison bay, Vader is telling Tarkin that he knows Obi-Wan is there. Tarkin doubts Vader until he gets a message saying Leia has escaped and puts the station on high alert. As Vader goes to search for Obi-Wan, the scene switches to show Luke and the gang trapped in a hallway until Leia shoots open a door to the trash. The group then go down the chute into even more danger as a creature attacks them and the trash compactor gets turned on. As this is happening, Empire soldiers come to the control room the droids were left in, but do not realize that C-3PO and R2-D2 are not one of their own. The two are able to walk out of there easily and help Luke, Leia, and Chewie, and Han, just in time for them not to be crushed. As the group makes their way back to the Falcon, Obi-Wan finally makes it to shut off the tractor beams. As Obi-Wan leaves for the ship himself, he is confronted by Vader, and the two fight, and Obi-Wan dies just as the group makes it to the ship. The group manages to make their escape, but have a tracker on their ship without their knowledge. The group then make their way to the Rebels as the Death Star follows. Once there, they find that the Death Star does actually have a weakness, but it's a rather hard one to hit. As everyone prepares to, to go for battle against the Death Star, Han and Chewie get ready to leave with their reward money. The fleet of Rebel ships then leave just as the Death Star is approaching. Many of the Rebel pilots try and hit the small mark to destroy the Death Star, but get shot down by Vader and his fighter pilots. Just as it seemed Luke was going to get shot down as he was reaching the mark, Han shoots down the Imperial fighters behind him, allowing Luke to make the shot and escape. When the Rebel fighters get back, everyone celebrates the return of Han and Luke. The scene then switches to an award ceremony for Chewie, Luke, and Han. The movie ends as they are cheered for by the Rebel army. There it is, boys! It's done! So I didn't put any notes down for this movie whatsoever because I figured Dan would. Usually I have something for us to go off of and talk about. Oh, I, I guess Dan would I mean, to be honest, do we really need <laughs> no, notes no. to discuss this movie? We're just going to fucking ad lib. So before we, we jump into the review, I do want to say like this movie is like very close to home with me. You guys have all been listening. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, this is probably my favorite movie ever. And Tutor. so, like, this, this means a lot to me. In fact, I even have another podcast, uh, Hall and, and Snokes, that... Isn't it, like, literally dedicated to Star Wars? Just Star Wars, yeah. Yeah, it is. We talk about, like, sports and other stuff, but it's, it's basically, I, I went to a Star Wars convention and made these, met these two guys that I'm good friends with that they are from Montana. One lives in Portland, one lives in Denver, and one lives in, still in Montana. But, like... And one also lives in Delaware, me. But that's yeah. not the friend. That's the same. Like I, I go to Star Wars conventions <laughs> and meet people to have like a friends based off of my love of Star Wars. And that's that's kind of why Star Wars is like more than just a movie to me. This this is some weeb shit for Dan, guys. Like for me, like I, I love me some good old manga and anime. If you just made Star Wars into an anime, I could turn him into a weeb. Like, that's how much it means to him. And I'll be honest, like, I was nervous about doing this episode. 
because like how much Star Wars is needs to be. Like I don't know if I could do Star Wars justice uh, by giving like what are the best facts, what's what's the best synopsis. Like it it was a challenge for me, and Indeed knows that because it took me forever to to get everything done for this. this you podcast. poor fucking soul. All I have to say. All I have to say on this is that I watched this movie literally less than a year ago for the very first time. I have no emotional connection to this movie besides the fact that the games are kind of cool. So, like, <laughs> I feel really bad and you're not going to like what I'm going to say about it. But, like, hey, that's the point of this opinion stuff, right? Yeah, like, I don't have a memory of before I'd watched Star Wars. Like, it, it was always being watched by my older brothers when I was little. I used to not know the difference between each movie. Um, until I think when the special editions came out in theaters, that's when I like actually probably watched them in, in like you know. Order. At this point, I wouldn't even be surprised if George Lucas himself delivered you as a child. <laughs> like I'm just saying, like when you were a baby, he's probably the person that delivered you. And, and the thing is, I don't think I'm the biggest Star Wars fan. Though. Like I don't. Oh no, you are not. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's not, not saying anything against, like, I have so much respect for people that have built, like, livelihoods out of Star Wars. Like, it's it's crazy how much this one movie has spawned this, like, we'll get into it, like, we, when we talk about the cult classicness of it, but it's a cultural phenomenon where literally, like, jobs have been created by this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's gotten so big, in fact, that they're creating, they've been creating animated stuff for this movie for a long, about this movie for a long time. Yeah. Now there's an anime on it that's been licensed officially and is on Disney Plus. You guys did see that, right? Yep. Yep. I didn't, but Dan did. Dan, how do you feel about that anime? I didn't watch it yet. I'm so. not an anime fan, but it it I I sat down and watched like eight hours of eight, or eight episodes of anime, and I enjoyed it. But I'll, uh... I told you, man. I could I as long as there's a Star Wars anime, I could transform. <laughs> yeah, them. I mean, I, like, I didn't. Some of it I really like. Some of it was like, eh. Dude, I could just, I honestly, I could get, like, Princess Brides or something and just label it Star Wars on the cover, and you'd be like, ooh, this is Star Wars, and you'll actually watch the entire that, thing without a problem. I, I heard that's one of my favorite non-Star Wars movies, so. <laughs> yeah, as I say, like, so, that's not a good one um, to start to, with, as an example. Okay, well, fine. Weird science, then, whatever, something. But to scratch the itch on my side, right, before we really delve and describe the movie scene by scene, because I have a feeling Dan's going to be doing that, um, when it comes to me, I grew up with a lot of Star Wars related stuff. My dad is huge, huge on Star Wars and Star Trek. My brother is huge on it. Me, I'm a little sheltered computer kid. I played on my computer all the time, so I never actually watched Star Wars. And my initial thoughts when I watched this movie were, what is this? How many people are drunk when they watch this? Why am I watching this? Right? Because it's like 50 fucking years old. You know? It's coming up on it. So, I really did not like it when I first attempted to watch it. Like, to the point where it was like, okay. And then I felt bad because Dan's a really nice person. I was like, no, I can't trash his favorite movie. Okay, wait a second. If you do not give me the same amount of love as Dan when it comes to Clue, I will fucking come to Delaware and murder you myself. I am your best friend. No, Dan's better. Best friend, not him. <laughs> but so then I watched this drunk. I was like, "Wow, this is so fun. This is a fun movie." I didn't remember shit. And then I watched it again, and I, I can tell you, my opinion has not really changed too much. 
but I now have a more understanding opinion of this movie. So I'm excited to go into this movie and make you feel bad about my opinion, Dan. That's okay. Trust me, nothing can be said about this movie that's not going to, like... I, I don't judge anybody that doesn't like this movie. I, I, yeah, only old people watch this movie. Wow. <laughs> I did. Would you just call me a bitch, didn't you? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I will fight you. Oh, the joke. <laughs> Those are the dying joke. words. <laughs> Oh, man, you know, there's going to be, you know, on his tombstone, it's going to be like SW right underneath his name, Star Wars. Yeah, I will be uh, not even mentioned. <laughs> People <laughs> Star Wars. It's just kind of there. <laughs> um, Nadine, how, what about this movie for you? Before you met Dan, did you have any, any interesting connection to this movie, or was it just another movie on the list? Um, no, I mean, I've, I've watched Star Wars many times. My dad is not a huge Star Wars fan. He's more of a Star Trek fan. Um, no, he's not even a yeah. Star Trek fan. No, he's a Battlestar Galactica fan. My mom is the Star oh Trek fan. Oh my god. I'm not done, okay? I've watched all of them. <laughs> my mom is a Star Trek <laughs> fan, but she does like Star Wars a little bit, and my stepdad really loves Star Wars. So I've watched all three, and I actually like all three. I'm just not as huge of a fan of all, uh, of Star Wars as you know, Dan is. That's it. I have I'm a huge. Um, I'm a huge fan of other things. It's what it okay, is. Uh, time out. Are you talking about Battlestar Galactica as in like the series, or are you talking about the actual anime? No, the series. The series. I think there's an original one that came out well before the yeah. the the anime. And it oh, was from, the one in 1978. Yeah, that's okay, the one I. I was googling it. I was like. Okay, because I watched Battlestar Galactica and it was a really good anime, so I was kind of confused. But no, I mean, he, I, I watched the 1973 one. I actually watched every single Star Trek, though. Like, my uncle was into Star Trek. He was into the OG Star Trek. Mom was into, like, the, the new Star Trek, uh, the next generation. So I've seen all of the Star Wars. I've seen all of Star Trek, all of the Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah. So when I watched this movie, the first thing that stuck out to me over anything else, was that this movie is made in a very comical fashion, right? Um, and I feel like, especially for a movie like this, George Lucas definitely did not, I don't think, originally intended it to be that way, the way that he originally wrote it. You could probably see it from the other movies. That, like When he made these three movies, um, talking about the first and then the other two, it was made in a more comical fashion. So it was easier to get into and easier to enjoy. Personally, I actually did not like that. I did not like the comical approach to it. But there is some hilariousness, um, hilarity, in seeing, like, for example, the stormtrooper bumping his head. And they're like, yeah, fuck it, keep it in the movie, it works. You know? Like, the, the, it kind of takes you away from that all-encompassing environment of a movie. But you still don't lose it on the movie. It's just something I'm not a big appreciation of, if that makes sense. But no... As you're saying, like, this has those sci-fi elements, but I think what this does differently that separates it from, like, Star Trek or Battlestar Galactica or any of all these other, like, sci-fi adventures, like, this kind of leads more towards the fantasy end. And also the humor in it actually kind of makes it more of a, I guess, relatable movie. Like, it seems like these characters are people you would actually know or see in a bar, and they're in this crazy, weird, fictional space land, so... That's that was it, my. Point. It's Weeb Escape. Exactly. That's and I, I. No offense, Nate. No offense, Nadine. No offense, Dan. I love this movie, but I also equally dislike it, <laughs> in a lot of different ways. 
Um, so, like, I, I love everything about this movie, but at the same time, when people, I'd never, it's like, oh, what is it like? Oh, man. It's like you love getting drunk, but you hate the hangover, you know? It's escapism, is what you're saying? Yeah, it's a really, it's, it's a very nice movie slash franchise, but we're specifically talking about this movie. So yeah. talk about the franchise and everything associated with it. I would remove my negative opinions because I fucking love it. Yeah. But it's this particular movie. It just felt like a lot of things were cut out that probably should have been in it. So, I mean, when I rewatched this movie, it looked a lot... I don't remember it being as corny. I hate to say it, but, like, it's a lot cornier than I actually remember it being. I'm, like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, I don't remember it being like this. Like, I've definitely watched this when I was a kid. I definitely watched this as an adult. Maybe I was because I'm I'm we are doing a podcast about movies, so I, we watch a million movies all the time. I have to like literally dissect them. I'm way more critical now at this point, but like I I'm watching it and I'm going okay. I don't remember it being this corny. I do not remember it being this cheesy when I watched it the first time. <laughs> this feels like if a dad joke was turned into a sci-fi movie, right? <laughs> I, I I just. It's like you get all of this dad bod energy and you stuff it into a theater and said, fuck it, let's make it Star Wars. There it is. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Like, I I, I hate to say it, but this is radiating dad energy from a distance. No, I think that's that's a great point. Like, Star Wars is campy. It's it's a kind of a goofy concept of, like, and there's weird, like, jargon, and, and even, like, I think there's, like, behind-the-scenes footage of, like, the cast just, like, cracking up over the, over the stuff that they have to say in the movie. Like, some of the most wholesome stuff I've seen is actually uh, the cast talking about this movie. Um, yeah. And pretty much, you don't see it as much nowadays with movies in general, but even back then, it was pretty rare for them to be really, you know, kicking the shit before and after scenes as much as they did. Oh no, I, I I was about to go into like a not not a rant, but like it, it's funny that like all these like newer movies, people complain that they're too cheesy or too kiddish, and like if you look at the original movie, it is kind of corny and cheesy. Okay, I was actually going to go into a different tangent related to that. I disagree with that one hundred percent, Dan. Yeah, I think the newer movies are too serious. Yeah. And people hate it for that reason. I didn't mind the prequels that much because they were, you know, classic to me. Yeah. Because, you know, I, this isn't the 1950s. It's the 2000s when I grew up. So um, it's kind of classic to me. It's like, wow, it's a serious sci-fi movie. But then you look at these and it's like, it's it radiates such a different energy than all of the other Star Wars movies, yeah. excluding the fifth and sixth. Those are different. Um, but... All of the other ones, hell, even my favorite movie, which is, I think, what is it, Red One or whatnot? Rogue it's One. The, yeah, it's, it's the one that's not the not part of the original nine yeah. that, they, that they made. It's the other one. That's my favorite one, because it's good. Yeah. And my, it, but it is, all of the other movies radiate such a different vibe from this particular <laughs> case study we're yeah. talking about right now. Yeah, I think I was more referring to, to prequels, but that, again, like, I, I, mean, I definitely yeah. think, like, this kind of corny humor is part of that is it that is part of the, the the dna of star wars so i'm not offended by you guys saying that it's corny yes um it is it is very corny um but 
There are some moments of this movie that uh, I want to bring up due to the limitation of animation at the time and the the budget they had. Uh, they did have, I think, what would you say, an $11 million budget, if I remember correctly? Yeah, they had an $11 million budget. Um, back then, that's actually still a substantial amount. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I just felt like uh, quite a bit. But, dude, it literally looks like they were holding up models in front of a camera and moving the spaceships through space. Like, I, it did not age well, like, animation-wise. How about Obi-Wan dying, just pooping <laughs> away? I mean, that's literally or, what they were doing. Like, turning into just clothes. Like, excuse me? In the newer in the newer movies, their arm gets cut off and they scream bloody agony and say, Ah, I want to kill you! You know? No. No, John, how, how did you watch these movies? Did you watch the Disney Plus? I am, I'm sacrilegious, and I watched it from prequel to sequel. Prequel, original to sequel. The original, no, I, I mean, one, how, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I bet for, like, this specific viewing, did you watch it, like, the latest streaming version of it, or did you watch kind of, like, an old VHS? Like, what? Do you think I have an old VHS of this movie, bud? No. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I love you, dude, but, like, um... I, I typically watch everything on my computer. Okay. Gotcha. I watch the Disney Plus one. Gotcha. Okay. But uh, specifically talking from the Disney Plus one, you could still see it. It's it's an older movie. The animation did not age well. Yeah, I, th I think that's something all. that, like, as they added more CGI and kind of made a crisper image of what the, of from the original film... Mm -hmm. It actually kind of you kind of notice those more because I, I if you pop in an old VHS and see the grainy like everything like, kind of you know potato kind of cam yeah two hundred and forty p yeah like it 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 you get more of like the you're able to kind of like suspend disbelief a little bit more but like when they kind of push <laughs> would you get it ultra four k like there's only so many yeah, pixels to share, exactly you know? like you, you can't make nineteen seventy seven look that much better no you really can't <laughs> yeah. But I will give them this. Their sound design is timeless. It is. I, you know, besides the little pew-pew when they shoot the lasers, um, that, I'm sorry, that's cracked me up, but it's timeless. Even the pew-pew. And, like, honestly, like, when I was watching this movie, like, earlier today, because I watched it today, <laughs> I literally uh, was like, you know what? The sound, like, for this movie, like, it is it is timeless. You're never going to not hear the sounds of the blasters, the pew-pew, and not be like, oh, I know where that comes from. Or the sound of the ships, you know, flying by and not know where that sound comes from. The sound of the exactly. lightsaber waving. It's not even just the intro the sound. That, like, is the sound famous. of the it's actual battle. It's literally the sound effects for the items that are used in the movie that people will literally hear and know exactly that it comes from Star Wars. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's every single thing that they did is something that is, is unforgettable. Oh, yeah. You know, I could probably come up with another page of interesting facts just on how they created each sound. I've actually heard quite a bit um, and of how they did the sound effects back then, because you don't magically open up a FL studio, you know, yeah, they, and uh, say, oh, yeah, this sound effect that was auto-generated by a computer, I can use this. No, they actually had to manually create those sounds. Yeah. And they're literally, like, banging random objects together and, like, getting pots and pans and, like, pinging that, like, it's... Completely irrelevant, but that is what a lot of sound designers do now for a more authentic sound rather than making it electronic. And that was uh, actually more inspired by this movie than you would think. Um, but uh, the sound design from this movie is so timeless. If they had dumped literally triple their budget into the yeah. sound design, I wouldn't even have noticed. 
I would have completely assumed, yeah, that's reasonable. Like, it is really ahead of its time. Even now, a lot of movies don't have the same sound design quality as this movie. Yeah. So that's the biggest plus I can give to a movie like this, is, like, this sound design is out of this fucking world. No joke, no pun intended. <laughs> it's um, galaxy far, far away. Yeah, okay. Damn it, Dan. <laughs> no, and, and I, I know Nadine you, you, you mentioned you mentioned the music, like uh, of course John Williams is a legend and has made so many other iconic like movie themes before and after this movie. But like just the way there's like a theme for each character. I, I, I know when I watch it I get like the, the music carries my emotions through the movie. So I, I think that is another thing that I truly love about this movie. Um, the only movie I can possibly think of in reference recently, um, actually in my entire life that I can actually relate the very high quality sound design of this movie is actually a very recent one. But that's a different type of style. It's into the Spider-Verse, the Spider-Man movie, the animated one. Like that one's very well done sound design, but the difference is, that is yeah, I hate you both. If you I, I've, seen, I, I've seen it, it's I think that came up before we started dating. Well, before before I I don't want to rant about that because that is one of my favorite Marvel movies to date. Um, the sound design used in that movie is where the actions of the characters is incorporated into the sound design as if they almost made the sound first. Inversely, how they made Star Wars is they probably came up with the sounds on the spot after they decided what they wanted to do, which is the complete opposite. But the talent of doing both is equally as difficult. It's just a very well-done sound thing. I've never, ever watched a movie where I can recognize, even now, even though I only watched this movie recently, before I even watched this movie, I recognized every single sound design used in this movie. For every character, for every sound effect, background music, title music, um, actual, like... Music, yeah. the ending music, like everything I recognize that I've never, ever had a movie before that or even after. So to answer your question, Dan, no other movie has the same sound design quality of this movie, in my honest opinion, that I have watched. No, and I don't think you're alone in that opinion. Although Inception, but... Woo! Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone... That... I mean, the only other thing that I can think of, and it's just because of how popular the movies are, is like Harry Potter. <laughs> that's it. You know? Okay, but that's... Like, that, no. You hear Harry Potter, you hear like mm. some of the sound effects. Yeah, it, again, yeah, but you know, the works. difference is that the pew-pew noises is different than like Expelliarmus, you know? And the screaming of children. Like, I, I love the Harry Potter movies, but it's not the same when it comes to sound quality. Yeah, like the, the sound effect of like a lightsaber igniting. I'm not saying it's the same when it comes to... I'm, I'm not saying it's the same thing. I'm saying the only thing that I can think that could come close to that as an example would be that. And that's only because I think of how popular it became. Not because yeah. of the sound effects being something that you haven't really heard anywhere else. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, absolutely. I do. And if you look at... Uh, there's actually quite an in-depth um, discussion. There's even graduation like doctorate theses on this movie sound design that you can research and people that are just still are amazed by it even today of how they came up with it. But like 
honestly, that for me, as someone who doesn't really appreciate the the storyline of this first and second and third original movies as much as, for example, Dan would, um, I can appreciate the movie just on the sound alone, just just on that alone. Um, all right, we've talked about the sound design for like twenty years. Let's talk about the actual plot. So I actually really enjoy the storyline on this movie. It's really generic. I'll, I'll be at, like, if you're not putting any of the other stuff into it, like the space and all the like characters and stuff like that, it is kind of generic. It's like young boy meets mystical guy, the and they go on an adventure together. The guy who is his tutor dies, and he finds a girl that he thinks is really hot. And there's that that's that's pretty much it. That's that's his, his... Yes, I agree, Nadine, but this the storyline was actually very unique at the time. It's only generic because we've seen mm. it afterwards a lot more. No, it was not it was generic at the time oh, too. Well, yeah. I tried to give you hopes and props there, Dan, but look, no, I, she I, shut I, it down. No, they, that's the thing. Like this story is is kind of just taking like this it's almost like uh what's like the king arthur the sword of the stone where a boy meets a wizard becomes the sword in like, the stone but turned it into this the star and the death balls exactly like it's not a unique story like it, it's not there's nothing revolutionary when it comes to like a, a plot line right but the way that they did everything else around it ended up making it extremely unique and that's what makes this movie so great I've enjoyed the story. I mean, I don't mind watching generic, yeah. you know, storylines ever, especially if you add something to it that makes it just out of this world, like literally and figuratively. Like it's it's one of those things that you you can get into that it completely sucks you in because they turn that generic plot line into something fantastic. Yes, it's the world building around that plot line. That, that is what I want to say, Dan. The yeah. world building of Star Wars after the fact is what makes me like this movie more and appreciate it, because you could see the start of it all. But when you look at just the general plot line and what occurs in the movie, it is not my cup of tea. Someone added way too much fucking sugar, because this shit is sweet as fuck, you know? It's not my cup of tea. Yeah, it's, it's like, what do you think, like, the first thing you think Star Wars is, like, the Force. What in this movie, it's... I think all lightsabers. The, the Force and lightsabers. And in this movie... It's probably the most boring lightsaber fight between Darth Vader. Oh my and god! Luke. It is leap, <laughs> yeah, fly for twenty feet, boing, and that's it. That's the entire fight. Yeah, and then like the force. The only time the force is really used, I guess Obi Wan does like the the mind. Doesn't he open a lock or something on a door, and that was the entire force? Uh, was that it? Because I I remember he. Oh yeah. god! It was yeah. bad. <laughs> But like the only time Luke it, uses the, the force is when he takes off the like the, the was targeting computer and use, uses his that. eyes. Like that's that's what that. I'm talking about. Yeah, and he hears thought... Obi Wan's voice. Like that, that's the only time you see like the actual manifestation of the force. The literal background of Star Wars it is also, not shown in this movie. That one, the point of what yeah. everyone loves about Star Wars: the force, the yeah, you know whatever there's, the fuck. What there's are they like called? Little the, the, expositions the is what they're called. Obi Wan's yeah. where like he he gives him Darth Vader's life or Darth Vader's old lightsaber, Anakin's old lightsaber, and then there's also like the time that they're they tell the uh, the stormtroopers, oh these aren't the droids you're looking for. Like that that's it. That's the only time you see 
you don't see anything moving you don't see any like crazy like force powers it's yeah i'll be frank with you like this movie was very lame when it came to the actual star wars aspect yeah like it. when you think of all the cool star wars stuff it's not in this movie it's, that's what it's i'm talking movie. about that's yeah. why i'm so torn about this movie yeah it's like this is the origin story for all of the most important characters in star wars but where's the actual thing of Star Wars? <laughs> Fuck it. Give me a good lightsaber fight. In all of the movies I've ever watched, I've never had a good lightsaber fight. I'm sorry. It just, there wasn't one. You get those fights from, like, the animated films or from the fucking, uh, you know, from the the games and stuff. You know, what about, what about, uh, what is his name? Anakin getting all of his, like, limbs chopped off except for, like, one, you know? Like, great, but there wasn't really a fucking fight. It was an amazing scene, but, like, fuck. And I, did get, I didn't even get any of that here. So, like, I'm not only am I torn, I'm defeated. It, it makes me <laughs> upset that there's little to no... Little to no Star Wars in this Star Wars movie. Like, I don't know. The world building of this movie is so good that it makes me, or after this movie is so good that it makes me mad because this movie is just, it feels like a standalone movie. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I love about it so much. It's like, there's so much more that's left of the imagination that you can, like, go crazy with. But that's, yes, yes. that's, that's getting into my, like, actual review of the movie, but or actual rate the movie, but... I was gonna say, like, dude, we're in the middle of the review of the movie. What are you talking about, yeah. bucko? Yeah. Um, so, there are a couple of things I want to note about this movie. Um, so, the way they, they wrote a couple of these scenes, um, because of the kind of comical and dad vibe energy this movie gave off of, you know, there... A lot of the scenes that are meant to be extremely impactful ended up coming off as something you can completely ignore and move on from. For example, Obi-Wan dying. Right? He is such a key piece of... Oh my god, I remember that part being way more sad, and then I watched it this time, and I was like, what happened? It's a blip. <laughs> no, like, literally, like, he gets chopped, and then he just goes, boop, and turns into clothes. Right, right. And I, I remember it being sadder. You remember it being sadder because you were attached to the character, right? And then this happened. This movie is just so... I don't know. It just tears all of, the, all of the sadness and the trauma that should really be happening about this movie. It just turns it into a pew! They're dead. <laughs> oh, like, and, and don't forget, Leia has her entire family, an entire, like, planet blown up. Right. It, <laughs> yeah! She doesn't care! All of her people are dead. And she doesn't even react. Doesn't react. Like, no fears. No, her dad is there. He's dead now. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. How about all of the fighters that were going to actually attack the Death Star? And you just see people dying like, oh no! They die. That's fucking hilarious! Like, it's not actually supposed to be traumatizing. Like, you're supposed to see these guys and say, oh my god, they're dying. That means that Luke is doing so much a good job, you know? That they're going, like, oh no, I can't take it. And that's it. That's the end of their entire character development. It's just shit on. It's just like, the deaths in this movie are just not good. <laughs> they're really bad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's, there's definitely a, a case of uh, everybody's disposable unless you have, you're one yeah. of the main characters. 
Did George Lucas also write, um, like, oh God, I forget what it's called. It's the it's the it's the show with John Wolf. Yeah, that is a thing with this movie. That is a thing. Yeah, what are you talking about? Oh my God, it's okay. Uh, irrelevant outside of this uh this podcast. Um, guys, are you talking about? You remember the the series that yeah, had the Red know. Wedding? Game of John Thrones. Wolf. Thank you. George Did George Lucas, Lucas write Game of Thrones? No. I know. I'm just saying that's how irrelevant the deaths are in this movie. No, that's George R. R. No, that's George R. R. Martin did. <laughs> so you were... No, it, wait, no. In Game of Thrones, you actually felt sad when they died. It would make them your favorite character. They would make them your favorite character. And then in like two episodes, they would be gruesomely murdered. And you'd be like, what the fuck, George R. R. Martin? So just defeatism speaking right now. Yo, the way that he wrote the deaths in this movie, George <laughs> Lucas just he, he was like, you know what be you know, let's add something in here. This scene's missing something. Oh yes, a couple of fighters dying. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Let's give him the most ridiculous screams in the world. Ah you know, just dead. Like I don't know, man. Oh, how did we not mention that the Wilhelm scream when we were talking about all the sound effects? Yes. The Wilhelm scream, um, and this is something I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned before in the podcast, it is the most known scream, it is the most known scream effect that is used even today in games and in movies that it's, it's used because it's a license-free sound effect. Well, this sound effect, I believe, originated from this movie. No, it, it didn't originate from this movie. Was it? But it was, but it was used so much. Yeah, I've literally gone over this before. It was one of our previous movies that I I told you about this. I actually went over like the whole fact behind the Wilhelm scream. I can't remember what the fuck movie that was that I did it, but it was part of the interesting facts for a different movie. No. Oh, it was. But point being is that they abused the living shit of that sound. This sound. The sound effect in this movie. Yeah. Probably why it's known oh, yeah, so well nowadays. No, it was known so well because of all the ways. Anyone that died, ah, you know? <laughs> did they and like did they stretch the sound effect out because it matched the uh the fighter sound effect so well? This movie is a movie you watch after you drank a couple of beers and you have popcorn and then you also shoot the shit with your friends while they're sitting on the couch. Like I don't know, like this 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 movie, man. This I just have nothing to say. I can see the obsession though for even if it's just this movie. Like if this it came out and this is you gotta remember, when this came out, it was a huge hit still. And it it's the first one of all the movies for the Star Wars series. So I can totally see where when it came out that it was something that was like crazy and new. What are you eating? I'm actually now? eating beer right Sorry. now. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Dog. Okay. He's, he's trying to see electronics. I don't know what's going on. Like, I can understand. Oh, this movie. If we were going down the cult classic route, we could say this was a cult classic, right? Um, which I won't say, so we're not really spoiling anything. But I can see where this comes from because a lot of people that grew up in this time period, like. Their favorite Star Wars movies are the first three, is the first trilogy. You know, not the prequels, not the sequels, the original trilogy. Because this is what they grew up on. This is the epitome of Star Wars for them. And that's why there's such 
a fight between the three trilogies, which one is the best one? Because they're all different generations. All of them. The millennial generation was uh, the prequels. Oh, no, the boomer generation was the sequels. And, gener- and like, the, the other generation, you know, the really old people, no offense to any of those guys, was, you know, the, uh, the originals. And for me, my favorite's the prequels, just because of how, you know, I just watched them when I was younger. I didn't even watch the freaking original movies, yet I watched the prequels. Well, the thing is, though, is that they were rating it, and Star Wars is one of those things, they were like, let's make a prequel out of it. So, George Lucas was, you know, presiding over this film when it was made. And it's a different time period than what 1977, you know, completely different. It was like 25 years later, they made the prequels. It is such a different time period that they made a different movie. And that pissed a lot of people off that originally watched the prequels or originally watched the original movies. I'm saying original way too much. And the OG movies is just a different vibe altogether. Dan knows for certain that each trilogy has its own different aspect to it that makes people enjoy those movies. Like the sequels, it is a lot more serious than it ever fucking should be. Yeah. And it shows a lot of unique things and it's a, it's a throwback to uh the original movies. Yeah, and it's like it's almost like a it's a callback of what happens later that people look forward to. You know yeah, what people they're, thought they're about more originally. so modern like action movies that play homage to like the classic star wars tropes but the thing about the prequels though is like that's completely unadulterated george lucas just doing whatever the fuck he wants that's what i appreciate about them and that the prequels are funny and fun to watch because of that it's like it gives you like a prelude that's why it's a prequel to the original movies but yeah like each each trilogy has a very defining aspect to it and then in that trilogy, each movie has a really defining aspect to it, even in the sequels and the prequels. And what's really cool about the world building uh, that originated from this movie is that it gave rise to all of this creativity that, honestly, Star Wars is an endless an endless series now. There will always be content about it. Oh, yeah, and then there's, like, people that strictly like the animation. I don't watch the animation as much as, like, the movies, but... There's, There's also people that strictly like the games. That's yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Star Wars Battlefront 2, dude. Or Knights of the Old Republic. Like, that's a whole other chapter. Force Unleashed. People have literally made podcasts or, like, YouTube basically bit by bit going minute by minute or second by second tearing apart every single movie. Like, that, they literally are able to make, yep. like, a half an hour or 45-minute discussion off of one minute from a, one of the Star Wars movies. That's how big this shit has gotten. And yeah. That's insane. And that... <laughs> I think this... Isn't that even a review of this movie yeah, at this Star point? Wars this is literally just... Us and that's like, why yeah, I'm Star like... Wars is huge and we like it. <laughs> but that's what people think about when they originally watch it... When they watch this movie now, talking about a review, you have to factor really everything about the Star Wars universe because it's amazing how this tiny little sad dot in the middle known to this movie turned into the biggest fucking project ever, ever, when it comes to sci-fi. Yeah. Like, this is the the origination point, is this movie, and it's hard to judge this movie standalone without factoring in what it did. But, like, just to like, give an example of how crazy, like, the network is of, like, Star Wars fans, that podcast that, like, 
actually goes minute by minute by each each, each uh, Star Wars movie. I actually saw that I met those guys and met, and saw like the uh, the marathon in when I first saw the, when they uh, released Episode Seven. Dan and I had just started dating, and Dan literally went all the way, flew from Philly to fucking California, just or was was it? No, it was California, uh, right? Just to was, fucking watch. I think it was Denver, Colorado. It was Colorado. Yeah, that was Denver. Dude, yeah. Colorado is like a fucking inch and a half away on the map from from California. Yeah. You went to California. Basically, he okay, went across Denver. country to literally watch every single Star Wars movie from start to finish, no breaks in between. I love you, Dan, but what the fuck? I <laughs> like did not even. Dude, you could just I don't know watch the online yeah, like, version that's, of that. That's they a have thing. That like, stuff. I only get to see these these friends like maybe once or twice a year depending on like when their star wars events are i hopefully i'll get to fly out to california in may uh you need to let me know maybe i could see if i can yeah. go with you i'm not a big star wars buff really? but you know i'm a dan oh, buff. Yeah, dude celebration's a whole other level of, of star wars yeah like so star the, star wars has reached the point now where it has the same following as pokemon um, as Magic the Gathering, as all of these well-known Wii franchises. All of those. Okay, well, okay, backwards, but following. whatever. You get my point, though, right? It has the deepest, weirdest following in the world, and yet everyone can say, without a doubt, no matter if... Just don't ask the question, what's their favorite trilogy? That's That's a dark, never-ending spiral. But without a doubt, you can say, do you like Star Wars to nearly anyone? And of course they're going to say yes. It suits literally everyone. I've never met a person where I've asked, do you like Star Wars? And they're like, fuck no, it's a shitty movie. I hate Star Wars. And you I know if you... Like Star Wars. But here's the thing, though. He likes some things about it. I know he does. I My Dan had that conversation with my dad, so... Yeah, I mean, like, he, I think he appreciates it, but he doesn't, it, it, it definitely doesn't speak to him. Like, he, he has, like, this, like, yeah, Star but, Wars, like, original soundtrack vinyl that he, I think he said he's going to give it to me because it helped him move, but. You can like anything from Star Wars. Me, personally, it's the sound effects and the, well, the cool shit, like the Force and, you know, all the science-y aspect to it that I like. But everyone can say, without a doubt, Star Wars is good. No one's going to say it's bad. And that all originated from this fucking movie. Yeah. This movie did this. This movie, which honestly is like a really weird Frankenstein version of a sci-fi reality show that was put together. It's very entertaining to watch, but also very strange to watch. It turned into one of the deepest most discussed ever sci-fi franchises. So is it, I could never say this movie's this movie is bad because I'd probably be stepped on by the billions of people that like this movie or like this franchise, but I can outright say that this movie is just not my favorite movie. And that is completely respectable in terms of talking about Star Wars, right? Oh yeah. No, I, I don't expect Star Wars to be everybody's favorite movie. <laughs> All right, so, since since we're kind of going into the different characters, who is your favorite character for you guys? 
Obi-Wan. I mean, of all the movies or just like the old ones? I guess for, for this was. Yeah. For this movie, because otherwise we could go yeah. into really a lot of characters. For me, it's it's for me it's Obi Wan. But go ahead, Nadine. For me, it's honestly a split between Leia and Han, because uh, I like how like fiery she is. She's just like angry all the time, and I'm I'm kind of angry all the time. <laughs> and I like how <laughs> angry all the time he is too, but also a jokester. Like I like how much they like just basically do whatever the fuck they want and fuck whatever they want up. Like I just like that. I don't know. <laughs> That's like I like both of them for those reasons. <laughs> Dan's gonna be like Chewbacca. Well, Semi Chewbacca. It's Chewbacca, and, and, but like as far as human characters, Luke. Like, but I, I think that's interesting because like I think that's another thing this movie like it it is so easy to kind of like identify at least with one of the characters in the movie that uh that, that kind of adds it, to yeah. like the hell you can even identify with a fucking robot. Oh yeah, R two D two is your oh, favorite yeah, like, character. Yeah. Even though like C three PO is like a is this like uptight neuron. It's R2-D2 that fucking kicks oh, me, yeah, he's... How many people love R2-D2 so much? Motherfucker just makes beeping but noises. But he has his own person. But with sass and tones. And honestly, that's brought out by, by uh, Anthony Daniel's performance in C-3PO is, like, how he interacts with, like, a beeping, booping, like, robot is what, like, makes that whole character dynamic and, like, the, the relationship. This another aspect of Star Wars that's just, yeah, like... Yeah, that's fair is so uniquely done. Mm-hmm. Giving life to a to basically a flat-ass yeah. character. They spent so much time thinking about whether they should or whether they could. They didn't think about whether they should and they ignored fucking Vader. Vader's got heavy breathing noises, man. That's his character development. So, you know what I think? You know what I think funny? They weren't actually going to originally go with the voice actor that they have for uh, C-3PO. The guy who does the voice acting for C-3PO is also the guy who wears the costume. They were not originally going to go with his voice. They were going to go with someone else. They couldn't find anything for what they were looking for and eventually decided that the voice and character that the guy who originally wore that costume gave to that character was what they should have gone with to begin with because they were going to go a completely different way with his character. uh, He took his inspiration when, like, Getting it's the mindset of the character from like uh, from butlers, yeah, English butlers. Yeah. Hmm. See, I know some stuff. <laughs> so basically, every character, every character has like a very distinct reason why that character yeah. even exists. Oh in yeah, the first and that's place. and that's the other crazy thing about the uh, every character has like a name or like the fan ha- like either the fandom or like even fucking Job of the Hut, Job of the Hut. No, they, the two guys that he had a bar fight with, they have names. Like, you can find them online. I found them. Yes. They, yeah, they, they have all names. have names. All of them. The one guy that's just in Everything. the one scene when, when he's talk, when he meets Chewbacca for the first time, his name is Boshek. He has a, a, a backstory. This this movie has been dissected so much that, like, every every character has, like, a, a very specific reason for why they're there, what how they got there. I'm, uh, I, I've read this book that's called, uh, I forget what it's called, but it literally like, goes through like different scenes of the movie and kind of puts you like it's a certain point of view, and they do it for each movie. But like the uh, the red droid that the uh, Luke and Owen pick first actually is like communicating with R two and actually fakes his his uh, explosion 
so that R2 can meet with Luke and they can continue the mission to to defeat the Empire. Like, everything is weirdly connected in Star Wars. It's like a very deep D&D dive campaign that's gone a little bit too far, and they, they're like, oh, fuck it, sci-fi. Ooh, lasers. Ooh, robots. Oh, yeah, Star absolutely. Wars. And then, like, it kind of gets, like, ugly sometimes amongst the fandom, like, because there's the people that disagree completely with, like, the Disney crowd, like, the Disney movies, and think, like, <clears throat> that's not real Star Wars and everything. That's the legends or, like, the old Star Wars before the latest movie. So it... it there's so many layers that like it this is not just a cult following it's like its own genre of of like like there's star wars stuff and it's it's books comics movies tv shows like star wars has almost become its own category that i mean the some of the cult movies some of the cult movies do have stuff like that. Like uh-huh. Army of Darkness, it has a show. It has, and I'm pretty sure they have comics work too, but it is not the same type of clout. Like yeah. this is something that has actually gone from being something that could have been a cult movie if it didn't hit the way it did to being like a phenomenon. Yes. Like it's pop culture. Like Jurassic Park is pop culture at this point. Like mm-hmm. Batman and Marvel and DC and all that has become way past nerdum all the way to the point where it's if you don't like it you're exactly. weird you know you're not like it's it. become like it's it's a geek yeah, thing it's like you have to act actively not like this movie like you have to actively not like this stuff to just not be a yeah, part of the like, norm like it is now to the point where being not liking this movie is yeah. weird or not appreciating this stuff is weird because it's yeah, so it's not, normal i'm not saying like there, there's people that legitimately don't like this movie but like i feel like a lot of people will like this movie just so that they can say they're not not in with that right like not just to go go counterculture i don't fucking like this movie but i love the franchise right that's it's 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 too too in the norm and i think that's actually i mean we're getting to the point now where we're actually saying like whether or not it's a cult movie um I mean, I, I wanted to go over a couple more things with that before we got to that point, though. Like, I, I wanted to talk about the effects because I, we, I think Dan and I, Dan watched something and I think I got roped into watching it with him. It was probably for like his birthday or something where we were watching like behind the scene movie stuff where they were doing like how this movie was made, where they went to, all the troubles they went to to get this movie put together. And they were talking about the special effects. The special effects for the time period, I know they didn't hold up to now because there is some things that didn't make sense, like Luke like shaking in the ship and when he's still in space. You're not going to have that kind of turbulence in space. You're only going to have that when you're going in and out of the atmosphere. There's nothing for it to hit turbulence with, really, unless you're hitting like an asteroid. But, I mean, if you're besides that point, like the effects for that time period, it's insane what they did. You know, it's actually crazy how they made it look the way it did and you still be able to be into the movie even today or back then it was just something they had never even thought of or heard of before yeah yeah like i think that's this movie puts everything together so perfectly and it came out at this specific right time that it it literally changed to add on to what you're saying right now Dan, because i know what way you're going um the special effects used in this movie is used as a model for a lot of movies after it that then approved upon 
what had already been done in this movie that was very revolutionary. Sound design is an entire different topic than this. Um, but they improved upon, like, for example, the ship showing up in the very fucking beginning of the movie was revolutionary, how they showed up. Like, that slow crawl would have seemed, like, really dumb, if you think about it. But that special effect is right. absolutely stunning for a for a world building. But this isn't uh, even the moment. first movie to have like a crawl before you actually get into the movie. But the way that there's like the fanfare from the the Fox logo to like just like those words that say "Long time go to galaxy far far away," and then just <laughs> Star Wars like it. They had never done anything like this before. Yeah, it, they literally hadn't. Like when they did the the fight scenes with the ships and stuff like that, the company that they went to at the time was like they weren't. They were doing a lot of I think B rated movies and stuff like that. Um, but they were using a technique that no one had ever used before, and it was revolutionizing the game for movie making at the time. And I can't remember what the technique is called, but the reason why the movie looks like it does, like when you're going, you see the spaceships and they're going like up. Um, to get to that vent so they can shoot in like Lucas and the shapes just behind it. That is all done in a specific angle way that took hours and hours and hours and hours and hours to do something that wouldn't take nearly as long for us now. And it was something that had never been done before. And when it came out, this blew people's minds because it was literally like they felt like they were in space because they don't, they didn't, I gotta remember, they didn't have CGI like we do now. And even the CGI now can be absolute shit depending on how they do it. But it, for them at the time when it came out, because I know you said it doesn't really keep up to today's standards, it's still, I would say, kept up much better than you think it does because you're not realizing for some of those scenes with the way that they did it, that's what's happening. You know what I mean? Like for that scene where they're going to the vent, that I'm pretty sure was like toy ships on strings going up something that they actually put together. And it just depended on the camera angle and the backgrounds they put in with like, mm -hmm. which was like something they had never done before. And it ended up looking good. I mean, it looked good when you compare it to the whole movie, though, because you're not you're thinking for today's well, standards. You got to think when you're looking at this movie. Surf Nazis must die. OK, let's put Surf Nazis must die. <laughs> that I'm just saying, I'm just saying, look at the editing in that movie. Look at the editing. In OK, OK, do not bring up Surf Nazis must die in comparison to Star Wars. You might as well bring up my left fucking foot. Like, it literally means nothing when talking about this movie. <laughs> there wasn't any special effects in the movie. It was or, or a better in this direction like, for a period uh, of time. Solaris. A few scenes where they do actually try to, like, show, like, an alien planet or something. It looks pretty... Jakey, like... Rippy? Yeah. It's not, like, they... Le it looks... It looks legit. I'm sorry. Like it, it looks good in Star Wars. The way they did it, they did it fucking right. Like it's still yeah. And I, I think up, a I lot feel. of people could argue that like these actually hold up better than like the prequels, where everything's CGI. Like oh yeah, yeah. I think it does. I'm gonna tell you right now. I guess it's because the nostalgia factor for me, but the prequels are my favorite, and I disagree. But yeah, for an entirely different thing, like, reason. Everybody has. I don't Everybody has their own Star Wars experience. Like it, it's it's hard to to rip out like your nostalgia or your own personal connections to Star Wars to to just review this movie as it is. Yeah, it's not exactly. Well, what do they call it? The the Chlorians, the stuff that gives the force the power. 
Victorians. Do you want to know George Lucas's yeah, thought process when he created that? I want you to know how fucking close yeah. that word is to mitochondria. He just added an N at the end and an S and he said, fuck it, midichlorians. You know? And said powerhouse of the cell. It creates the power for the force. Like it's so weird how shallow a lot of the a lot of the stuff that he like how easy everything and all, the correlations he made for everything, but how no, deep like, it went. George Lucas, like he's such a genius and so brilliant in so many ways, but he's also kind of like, eh, okay, I'll do this. <laughs> like in so many others. He's very fucking yeah, like, lazy. And that's as that's well. what you're. That, that's what what's seen like in some of those interesting facts. Like his his he's not the best director. Like he he just <laughs> his directing was very. He should write a he, book. He didn't really give his uh, actors probably. coaching. He just kind of like did what he wanted, and he said like I think the uh, the actors in the uh, in this in the prequels were kind of like yeah we were just kind of there. In a big giant green room and just kind of doing whatever to read from George, and that's all we had. But like for this movie, they actually created yeah. each individual yeah, this, room. This movie was the practical, so they could walk through it. Yeah, I will give it this: like you don't really recognize it at all, but a lot of times uh, Nadine's talking about the special effects of camera angles and stuff like that, and using you know props to create to simulate um, larger than normal objects. Which is a very yeah. Godzilla type thing to do, you know. Well, they were doing other stuff too. It was the type of camera that they were using, and the type of like the I can't remember because ha you'd have to watch it. I don't even remember what the fuck we were watching because I was half asleep and half drunk at the time. I but think, I remember. I think it was actually a. It was a special. It was a special on the Mandalorian because in the Mandalorian, because they don't have the budget they do have the, for like the theatrical movies, they went back to some of those practical effects. Where like you have like literally a little stick with a ship on it going through a black screen, so that's I think that's what you were talking about. Where there's like specific ways that they shot those scenes. Well, there's a there's another key piece I want to note. Special effects don't always have yeah. to be special. The standard effects in this movie, which are also special effects if you think about it, are actually really stunning. For example, the walkways and the hallways they went through, the ships that they were actually standing in. Stunning. They had to create those things from scratch. And yet it yeah, looks like were, it is somewhere it, you could walk today. Absolutely and that, like, people don't, don't really think about that when they talk about these older movies. Like, nowadays, for example, I don't know how many people have uh, watched the, uh, you know, for example, the Marvel movies. And it's 100% green screen with a little bit of makeup. Shrek movie, for example, 100% green screen, but it's a dude wearing a costume. That takes really great acting ability, but it doesn't talk yeah. about the special effects. The special effects in those movies are just CGI or animation. That's all it is. But in this movie, they didn't have that technology, so they had to build everything from the ground up, literally, yeah, for people one, to walk through. One actually, like, interesting fact that I almost included was the uh, the the large like snake skeleton that you see in the background of the desert. That that's still there to this day, and you can actually visit it in Tunisia. No fucking way, really. Yeah, yeah. Like when they went back to Tunisia to film the the later movies, they actually like saw that same skeleton. It's like. They built it that long ago. It's too big to move anywhere. It's just it's just chilling there in the desert. Yep, that's actually really fucking cool. 
Huh. Yeah, there's like a lot of or, you know set locations that are like so or in such remote places that they're just still there. You actually there's like a world tour you could go on of like Star Wars sites. Imagine if imagine if this movie did not catch on, Dan. Imagine if the this movie just did not get received yeah. well by the public. How different yeah, it would be nowadays. Like, I'm sad to say it, but like before we before we pop on over to the next segment, I think that this movie is life changing in a lot of different ways. And even if uh even if there's no appreciation for this specific type of movie, this movie was the pioneer for many, many things to come later on. Many things. So, uh, you know, you have to factor that in when we give our rating in a bit. I mean, Dan, I already know what your rating is. And Nadine, I have assumed what your rating is. But for me, personally, I have to factor a lot of that stuff in about this movie because the watching experience isn't the only thing you really have to rate about this movie. It's the effect that it has on today as well is what I'm also going to be rating it on. But... Nadine, what do you think about we actually go over and talk about whether or not this movie is a cult classic? Yeah, I would like to do that. So, guys, is it or isn't it? And I feel like we can all say it at the same time. Three, two, one. No. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. No, <laughs> no this, is, this is the most <laughs> bullshit thing I've ever seen. When I saw this movie on the list, I, I lost my shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this on the list? This doesn't make sense. Dan loved it. He's like, yeah, I get to watch this movie again. But, like, this movie doesn't make sense. It's literally the furthest fucking thing away from a cult classic. A cult classic is a movie that not a lot of people know about. Not a lot of people know about. It didn't do well in the box office. And it did. it's just, it's kind of forgotten in time, but it's a hidden gem. This is literally everything but that. It, the, there's two things that it has going for it that actually would make it on that cult classic list if it didn't become what it is today would be the music and its fan base that are obsessed. Like, there's fans that Dan's obsessed, but there's fans that are like, like, oh, they, so this is deeper. their whole life. They, this is, they live and they breathe. Yeah, what, what I said, Wars, like, that's this it, has created jobs know? for people. No, it's, it's not just that, like, a lot of movies. But, like, this has literally brought people into existence because people meet up at these conventions or, like, these, because, like, there's this huge Star Wars network of the fandom and, like, the Star Wars community. Like, they get it, married. It's, it's, it's they have own kids. Living... Yeah. Like yes, it's its own living and breathing thing. <laughs> their kids grow up in the Star Star Wars them, and they become like their Star, own Star Wars. Wars just, not just a cultural phenomenon. It's literally its own culture, in my opinion. But yeah, at this point. <laughs> All right. So let's rate the movie. I want to rate. I want to rate this on my own first. So I actually had to think long and hard about this one because if I'm talking specifically and solely Star Wars, it is a ten without a doubt. And I'm not talking about this movie. I'm talking in general, the world building and everything about it. It is so immaculate, and every piece is so well put together. It is. It, there's almost no issue I would ever have about this, except maybe the sequels. But that's not the problem. So the problem is though is that this movie is not everything that came after it's not it's it's not it's um you know it's it's later in renditions it's not it's sequels it's not it's prequels this movie standalone is its own entity and i have to rate it as such 
but I can't not factor in what this movie has done later on to create this massive franchise, because I love that. So when I was originally thinking about this movie, I rated it accordingly to what I originally thought about it, which was really low. But after rewatching it and kind of taking the time to really think about what this movie is, it is a very lighthearted, fun, very, rem very nostalgic, um, you know, classic movie. Standalone, but as itself, it is a one-of-a-kind movie, and you will never find this elsewhere, no matter what you do. And for that, I'm going to give it a good rating. Not the best, the lowest. It's going to be a 7 for me. I had to give it a lot of justification for that, because even then, I still feel like Dan's like, what the fuck, John? But this movie, standalone to me, is not that good. It's good, but it's not that good. Okay, John, you, you sounded like the Sicilian from uh, The Princess Bride right there. That's what I was thinking, too. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love Wait, it. Really? <laughs> Just... How so? Just the way <laughs> the, I worded everything? Whole, like, the the meeting of the minds or the, the little... Yeah, anyway, that's... <laughs> the justification yes. rant that I just so, did? Great. Great. You better fucking yes, remind me I, of that I, when we watch that I'll, movie. Do you want me to go last or do you want to go to Adina? Oh, oh, yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't give a shit. Right. Uh, I would say it's between a nine and a nine and a half for me. Probably more of a nine, so I'm going to just give it a nine. I mean, it's probably one of the better movies that I've seen. It's definitely... it To me, this movie is a classic. You can't get a movie that's going to be a whole hell of a lot better than it unless it's another classic, you know, or you just happen to like, I personally like Clue better than it, but that's just because I'm weird. Um, yeah, it's just preference. Uh, exactly. So you, I feel like you can't give it anything less than this. No offense, John, but for the time period, you know, the special effects were great. The sound effects were fantastic. Great, fantastic. The music was amazing. Like it's timeless. Um, the actors, even if the way they were picked, like, it's all amazing. Like, they did a good job for what they had because the director really wasn't directing them all that well. And they did good considering. Um, the costume design for what they could do at the time, amazing. What the set design was phenomenal. Like, absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah, I think it's a nine for sure. All right, Dan, we all know what your rating is going to be. All right, Dan. Take the, take the show. You've been waiting for this for a long time. I know. No, I mean, it, my my answer is a ten. Obviously, like, not only is this a Star Wars movie, which is like probably my favorite for, fit, film franchise, this is my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, part of it is just like any time I fall in love with one of these like crazy franchises, it's always like the first one that kind of like shows where everything started. Like Lord of the Rings, I love the Fellowship of the Ring. Harry Potter, I love the very first Harry Potter movie. But this movie, just when it's on, I just kind of almost forget that i'm watching a movie and it's funny because like when i was uh doing the synopsis because i took like the first stab at the synopsis before nadine kind of like commandeered it made everything make sense like it it just put me into this like stream of consciousness where like i just start playing the movie in your head and some of the movie that that i remember isn't quite what's actually on the screen just because that's what nostalgia I mean, is so many times i just i kind of like I get carried away by this movie. I literally get carried away where I I can have this movie on in the background. I can be drunk. I can be sober. I can be in whatever state of mind. If this movie's on, I'm just in a happier place. So this this yeah. is your happy drug, this movie. 
Yes. Like, if I'm having a bad day... This movie is your soul food. I hear you. Yeah, like, and honestly, it's it's funny, because, like, sometimes it'll just be on... I have literally four different ways to watch... Actually, probably more than that. I have so many different ways you to watch, watch this You can watch this have... just by thinking about it. You've watched it so much, to be honest. <laughs> I have two VHS versions of this movie. I have the the DVD, the Blu-ray, I have Disney+. Plus. But, like, if it's just on TNT in one after, in like a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, I just put that on, drink some beers, and, like, I'm, I'm in a better place. So, this, this is my heart. This plays my heartstrings. Like, this, this movie is just, I want to say, literally part of me because it's, I've, I've met people through love, my love of Star Wars. Like, it, it, my very first birthday, my best birthday party that I remember in 1997, their special editions came out. I was a cool kid because I was inviting like four or five like of my friends over. We were gonna get Pizza Hut. We were gonna see Star Wars. Like so many. Um... <laughs> Hearing him so wave much... out is the cutest thing I think I've ever fucking seen. I'm sorry. I'm not trying. Don't to apologize. This is adorable. <laughs> they like there. There's. It's hard to not deny that part of who I am is because of who of this movie, and like I appreciate it. Even stripping all that away, it is just a great experience. Dude, you just I feel like you just dumped your wedding vows into this uh into this podcast, dude. Are you okay? Do you need a moment? I I'm okay. I don't <laughs> like the your wedding vows. That's what he's gonna say when you guys get married, Nadine. I hope not. So what, I'll be like, well, Dan, that's too much. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't give that me that cool. much love, please. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> No, Nadine's not that sentimental. All right. Well, I will. I completely knew where that where you're gonna go with that, um, and I'm not even fucking surprised. But I do have to say, Dan, I hope I didn't make you feel bad because my appreciation appreciation for this movie is just is not the same as yours. But that typically goes for most of the movies that we watch, unfortunately. Oh no, it's fine. Like I have friends that are also Star Wars fans that actually don't like this movie it's 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 okay like that's i'm not gonna hate anyone just because they say it'll start yeah oh that's okay because i hate you anyways all right guys yeah just kidding <laughs> all, right. Before, all right before we do wrap up uh, before we do wrap up i do want to just give a shout out uh chris will and matt um they're on the hall and snooks podcast you can find me on as well we don't release as regular as this but i just want to make sure i mention it before i uh we go. You know we haven't even finished recommending the movie, Dan. Oh, crap. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. yeah we gotta bro, recommend it first. Bro, Dude, give us, right. like, at right. least a second. Would you recommend Shit. It? I know. Dan, did you want to recommend this movie? Because I'm going to say that you probably want to recommend this movie. I don't know. Don't steal his thunder! <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean... Probably not. Yeah, yeah. I, I recommend this movie. Um... Uh, I'm gonna be frank. Yes, I'm gonna recommend it, but who the fuck has not watched this yet? If you haven't watched it yet, you're just... Who are you? Where are you? I need I need to take a picture of this. How? <laughs> what? But it's funny no, that but... I say that because I literally did not watch this movie until last year, so uh, I don't know. Yeah, so if the, if you legitimately have not seen I would just probably watch not movie, get to this point in this podcast like, because you just got the entire movie spoiled, but... Reach out to us even more because, like, I, I I love hearing people's like first reaction to Star Wars who haven't like grown up with it. Oh, I hope my reaction was to your satisfaction, Dan. Yeah, we we saw 
the last movie together. Like, yeah. So. Um, but I do have to say, um, I am sh- I'm stunned. I'm amazed. And I'm also kind of curious why the fuck you have not watched this movie if you haven't watched it yet. Um, and honestly, this movie should not, we shouldn't even have been discussing this in the first place. That's how popular this movie was. Not for a cult movie podcast. So I would also recommend this movie. <laughs> I would also recommend this movie because it's a good movie. And um, how have you not seen this yet if you haven't seen it? Probably the younger crowd. It's probably the younger crowd, like my brother's generation, who haven't hasn't seen it yet, which they need to sit the fuck down and watch it. If they make this not like a cult classic, I'll be mad. They can't at this point, though. They had to have seen at least one of them with fucking movies at some point. <laughs> anyway. I, uh, as to finalize my thought process on this, um, Dan, I will gladly watch this again with you whenever you move down here with us. Um, and I have no problem with it. And this movie, to me, is a fun movie to watch. And we'll just leave it at that. Because honestly, it rants about this movie a lot more than I should. But I respect you. Anyway, so if you guys have any movie recommendations or want to talk about movies with us, you can find us on Facebook through our private group, Snazzy Podcast. Snazzy is S-N-A-S-Y. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at Snazzy Podcast. Or you can just email us at she's not a slut yet at gmail.com. If you guys like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps get us out there and have more people find us. I have a feeling after this episode drops, we're either going to have a fuck ton of listeners with a lot of good reviews or a fuck ton of listeners with a shit ton of bad reviews. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> if this is your first episode, we are so fucking sorry. Anyway. Just as a heads up, we will be reviewing John's pick, Akira. Not excited for this. Uh, released in 1988. Next, so make sure to tune in again next week. That episode should be released December 16th. And um, John, I expect you to come up with the interesting facts for this movie since this is like your favorite thing of all time. <laughs> now, Nadine, I want to see what you come up with. Love you. Bye. Bye. See ya.